and they make, you know, in two days they make a vaccine. I'm not going to trust it, you know, because it's my body, my choice. All right. <laughs> I so that. I'm not gonna... That's what they should have done. <laughs> oh, my God. That, conservative people would hate that, though. They, but they should have all these idiots on TV. I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm not taking the vaccine. And then they're like, you know, going fucking nuts and turning into zombies. That would be hilarious. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> I don't want to make it too political. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy. And I'm Andrew. How's the weather, Andy? Better. <laughs> way, way better. Um, when's the last I know it's been a, a, a bit since we recorded, uh, but I'm in the coastal area of California, in the Santa Cruz area, and we had a shit ton of rain, so... That was exciting and scary at the same time. I was literally like half a mile, or not maybe, or maybe more, like maybe like a half a mile away from the evacuation area here where where I'm at. Um, a lot of potholes, a lot of mudslides, um, but it's been cleaned off for the most part. So yeah, even we even had Biden stop by in the area, so the president even came to the Santa Cruz County area, which was hilarious. Um, Good old Joe. Man, California's dangerous yep. to live in, man, now. You got, like, you got earthquakes, Apparently. you got floods, you have fire, everything except, like, tornadoes. There was, a, like, there there was tornado warnings in certain areas of California, so we, we are legit getting got everything in, like, one hit. Um, so, yeah. Also, when Biden came, all the internet got shut off, so... That was upsetting because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Was it because Biden was well, there no. or just like something else? Yeah, I think, no, I, I definitely are, think Are you saying Biden shut Biden off the internet? There. Is that what you're saying? It sounds like that's what you're saying, Andy. You think that yeah, Biden I, I, shut I, off the internet when he showed up? I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he did it himself. He didn't like go and then pull a lever and be like, you know, internet off, lever down situation. But I think because it was the president and they're like, we don't want too much internet access while he's here um because you know we got to protect the president so that was exciting i mean luckily i was like doing errands and chores so like i wasn't too like onto the tv and whatever um it was just interesting because my house were like sitting out in the living room like just chatting because they had nothing else going on but uh but yeah besides that how's your area pretty good uh, no natural catastrophes or severe rain. It's a little colder than normal, um, but that's mostly about it. That must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> what's the no? What's the most severe? I guess since we're talking about the weather, because such a you know hot topic. What is the most severe thing you experience out there? Weather-wise. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, we still have the Ukrainian war going on. That's a pretty severe political no, activity. Well, I mean, that's I'm, I'm saying weather-wise. Okay, weather-wise, yeah. I don't know. But Spain, I don't think it's really severe weather. I mean, it gets really hot in some areas, and you get like it can be dangerous to be outside in the middle of the day. I guess I don't know. Maybe there's some yeah. areas that get earthquakes, but so I think that's about so it's it. like a it's like a humid California then, right? Yeah, and even in my area, it's only because like the humidity is not super common. It's just like because of it's like a local thing because there's like mountains nearby that keeps like the humidity in and the, the I guess the water in the air. Because I think if you go like a couple miles north, 
like beyond some of the mountains, it just humidity dissipates. And then it's also and when it's cold too, it's like this really wet cold. So like everything, gets, it dries everything out, which is kind of annoying. Like your skin gets drier in the winter. These don't sound too bad. Don't sound too, too bad. It's not too bad. No, I can't complain. <laughs> Um, let's see. What do we have in the? What do we have for? What do we? What do we I can't even talk. So, what do we have for today? We have. We have a couple um, TV shows. Kind of, couple TV shows. Andy yeah, wants to talk about, about the, TV wise. I got a couple Oscar TV noms. shows. Oh shit, Andy, we're hell of off sync. Okay, you tell the people what we're talking about, and then we'll continue. <laughs> okay, I wrote it down. I swear. Um. Things that we've been, you know, TVs that you know, television that we've been kind of watching. I wanted, I wanted the little segment on the Oscar noms, and then we're gonna have discussions from here every, you know, since while we record on The Last of Us, and then our main review is going to be The Whale, uh, featuring Brendan Fraser or the Brendan Fraser movie that you know his comeback movie. We, I did mention to Andrew The Whale, and so not The Whale, I mean Megan, the horror film Megan. It was between the whale and Megan, and he said, "I only want to watch the whale because Megan does Megan does not have Brendan Fraser." And I was like, "Okay, fair." Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, actually, really laughed at that moment. Um, but all right, let's see how we can get back on track. And um, okay, we'll you start want to do with what you were watching first. Yeah, let's okay. start with what you've been going on and what's been going on in your world of television. Okay, I got two main ones. Um, One is a new TV show called Shrinking on Apple TV+. I think it's probably one of their bigger premieres. Um, As you you probably have seen, it has uh, Jason Segel in it. So it's like, I don't don't know if I have seen Jason Segel in a long time, actually. So it's got him and Harrison Ford. And it's pretty much about uh, both of them are shrinks or they're psychiatrists. And then Jason Segel's clearly like, very very depressed and he starts i think getting frustrated with the tactics he's using to treat his clients and he starts going a little off book to try to help some of his clients and then you kind of have harrison ford the kind of like older more reluctant person about his tactics that he's taking so two episodes i guess dropped on the premiere which was i think this previous friday and then it's just going to be weekly but i liked it a lot i mean like i said i i can't remember the last thing i saw jason siegel in since how much mother and it's, he's a little different here, too, because he's a little more sad and serious, I guess. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of a, you know, there's underscores of sadness in it. So I guess what's the, what's the term? Uh, it's like a dramedy, right? Because it has some drama yeah. and comedy. Uh, and it, yeah, no, I saw some trailer. I saw a trailer for it. I thought it was a movie, but now, it's a, you know, but apparently it's a show. So good to know. And it's made by the guy who wrote Scrubs. Nice. Okay. So I'm I'm moving yeah. more in now. So for uh, reference, I mean, Scrubs is a great show too. So. Yeah, I loved the the first couple. Like, I think season one through like seven or one through six were like the. Well, before it goes off rails and whatever the fuck they ended it with, that was ridiculous. But. Yeah, I don't know what they ended up doing because like, Zach Brack Brack leaves and then comes back and then all these things and but uh but i mean the first couple the first main seasons were were fantastic i this is one of those shows i hold in my heart uh, you know so yeah what else yeah. you got yeah 
then the other thing was I started watching this TV show from FX called The Bear. Here it's on Disney+. Plus. Pretty cool. I like it a lot. So it's a 30-minute also kind of drama, drama show. Um, it pretty much – it's about um, this this kid. Well, I guess he's maybe in his mid-20s. He inherits his brother's um, beef sandwich shop in Chicago. So Chicago has like this Chicago-Italian-style Chicago beef sandwich. They're really good. It's like a thin-sliced beef um, with peppers on a hoagie. He inherits the shop. He used to be, or prior to inheriting the shop, he was like training to become like a like a, a pretty much like a Michelin level chef. Um, his family owns the shop, so he's coming in to to help run it. There's some clear like family drama, like you know alcoholism. People owe money to other people. It's really chaotic that first episode. Um, it rem- like I said, it, it reminded me a lot of Uncut Gems, just like people in the back yelling at each other, the cameras panning in and around. And it's effectively just, I think what's really interesting about it is, is they just drop you into the middle of this kind of like long family history. They don't tell you everything. So you have to pay attention and acquire kind of the status of each character's relationship with other characters through the context of their conversations, which I really like. Because it's not just like linear in that sense where you really have to kind of listen to what people are saying to one another to kind of pick up on, oh, okay, that person's a sister. Oh, okay, like this is how we got the restaurant. Like this person's jealous about it, whatever. So I like it. I like it. I think it's probably just the one season. Um, and I think originally it probably aired on FXX. So that's been that's been good. I'm only like maybe close to halfway through, but I've enjoyed it so far. And then the final one was... Um, I've been watching The Bad Batch season two, which is pretty much the continuation, I guess, of Clone Wars, kind of, um, or Clone Wars era. So it's post, it's like a Star Wars, Star Wars animated show post uh, Order 66 um, with this cl- group of clones who were effectively not affected by Order 66. And they're kind of, they were specifically designed to be like the stealth elite clone team. Like Seal sixty, you know, what is it? Seal sixty six, not Seal sixty six. Whatever that Seal team is, they're effectively yeah, yeah, yeah. the clone version of that. Um, there was an interesting episode too, just aired, where they go to this random area, this random planet that's off world or off map or something, and they find this like huge monster that I think is like run by a Kyfer crystal, like this huge Kyfer crystal that they use for uh, lightsabers. And it seems like they're insinuating maybe the Sith were creating these huge kind of mechanic uh, um, weapons that could like shoot like massive lasers. So it's kind of almost like insinuating that Palpatine was inspired by previous weapons of the Sith for the Death Star and his eventual like, you know, his fleet of Star Destroyers from the final one. So it's kind of interesting that they built that in. And they don't really explicitly say it, but they kind of insinuate that, which was cool. So I, I like The Bad Batch. It's grown on me a lot. The first season was was good, and this one's continued the quality. I, I watched the first few episodes of The Bad Batch, and I kind of fell off of it. Uh, it just, yeah, I just, it just didn't hit me to where, like, I wanted to watch more of it, and... I guess I just prioritize other things, but no, like if it's good, I might I might want to jump back onto it um, just to check it out. Might like, something to to watch. There's a pod racing episode if you want some uh, classic, uh, classic Phantom Menace yeah. vibes. Just just pod racing. I, I I did I did love that scene in in the, the Phantom Menace. So yeah, 
Should have um, just been a scene, but they decided to make it a whole movie. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let me see what let me see what what's going on in my world. So I did watch a couple things. Um, I did watch Megan, and it it's a, it's a fun watch if you're just into like a wanted to watch a thriller. Uh, you know, definitely like a if Chucky became a a smart GPT. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, so it's it's a fun watch. Um, you know, so definitely if you're into like you know that kind of horror thing or whatever then check it out i won't spoil anything i did check out mentioning apple plus i did check out the season season three of mythic quest uh which i actually enjoyed more than i thought i would so definitely want to i think they definitely hinted for another season so i'm hoping to that they will because i i like the characters and i do like i think they're smart on where they're going and it's still fun with little with the antics that they have. Um, so, still been enjoying that. I'm trying to think of something else that I also have recently watched uh, besides the the Last of Us. You know, I but, finally finished the final season or the most latest season of Rick and Morty, and I must say, I did think the Star Wars episode was hilarious. You finished watching that season? No, and like I need to finish that season, but you know what's funny or sad actually? Uh, what's his name? The act, the voice actor for Rick and yeah, Morty. the voice actor he got fired from the show. He got fired uh, for domestic violence um, and everything. So they're gonna, you know, they're signed up to do ten seasons, I think. Uh, and so they have, I think, like seventy-two episodes project lined up, but because of I think it's Justin Rowland is his name. Uh, from his actions, yeah, they decided to, to, you know, keep going without him, and they're going to try to find a voice actor who can still do the Rick and Morty voice. Um, and we'll see what they do with that. I mean, realistically, they could do whatever they want. I mean, they could just kill that version of Rick and Morty and then bring in new ones from a different dimension. Like, it totally doesn't matter at this point, right? Yeah. Like, it, exactly. it just doesn't. They can do whatever they want. The, the one thing that I will say is that, like, uh, Justin Rowland, like, he did do a lot of a lot of random voices. He did a lot uh, of improv, just, right? Yeah, a lot of improv, but he did, like, a lot of mini voices for, like, some of the random characters and scenes that they would add in. Uh, just the one of the episodes that comes to my mind is the, um, the the television episode where they're watching a lot of different commercials and everything. Like, he did a lot of those random voices. Yeah. So he, he was talented. But when you do something stupid, well, you know, that's going to catch up to you. So, um. Oh, here's the other thing I did want, you know, going moving from that. I did check out the first couple seasons or the first not seasons, a couple episode, episodes of that 90s show because it came out oh, here. Wow. Netflix. You, I, you know, I, 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 I thought about watching it and I was like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. But was it worth it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. I mean, if you want to hang out with Red and Kitty, then yes, because they're probably the best part of that Uh that show they do have cameos that come in um but like they're only there for like a hot second and stuff so it's just you know it's not the same because i feel like you know how the 70s show like you and i kind of grew up watching that in the same era right yeah the thing is that like i feel like that 90s show is not made for like it's not we're not the targeted audience for that even though like yeah probably not but also you know what i wonder 
the thing that I always thought that 70s show did really well is like it was a show that took place in the 70s without it being like it was obvious it was in the 70s, but that's not what the show was about. You know what I mean? Like they didn't it's not like they were constantly referencing annoying shit from the 70s. Like yeah. they made all the Star Wars stuff because Eric loves Star Wars, but like that's fine. But it just felt like it's just a show that happens to take place in the 70s. Do they do that with the 90s or do they poke? I mean, like, do they do it well like that? Does it come off like it takes place in the 90s, but like not super obvious? Like they're always pointing at the fact that it takes place in the 90s. I kind of they they, they kind of do point at her and stuff like, oh, they're, you know, the home computer. Right. You know, is they have a computer that comes in they you know so they are doing a lot of like references towards things in the 90s but i also just feel like the characters and the situation there it's like i and i hate to say this because it's gonna be controversial right but it's to the point where like it doesn't feel like the people are from the 90s it feels and again like for me being a kid who grew up in the 90s i just feel like it's uh i don't know how to say this because like, i'm gonna be like an asshole saying this but like you know when something's like too woke you know yeah um, no i know what you mean it's it's and so i feel like, like, like that's too... what I, th- well, I i think they could just be trying too hard in general it's just to i, I would that's what i thought i figured they're going to try too hard to make it look like the 90s and it's just going to be distracting but i know what you mean if they try yeah. really hard to make it like um i get it it sounds really cringy because people are people are fucking annoying with the stupid woke shit it's just like dude like you're so dumb about it but anyway not you, but everyone is dumb about it. Yeah. But if you try to make it like whatever, if you try to make it like super, super intentionally diverse, but it's still like, I can see what you mean. Like it's super, super diverse, but somehow it's still written by a room full of white guys who don't get it. Right. Like they're still not like doing what they should be doing kind of thing. And that's what it looks like. Like they're not doing it in a way that feels natural. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's, that's the thing. It doesn't, and, like, you know, there are some funny things, like, you know, one of the things that I was hilarious is that, like, because Eric is Eric, he named, you know, the daughter, his name is Leia, so... I, I saw that in the preview, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, um, it wasn't just my cup of tea, I, like, watched, I think, like, six out of the eight episodes that they released, so I may or may not just power through the last few just to see it overall, but... You know, it was something I had in the background while I was just doing stuff, so that's the reason why I was just curious about it. But anyways, but yeah, I just kind of want to throw that in there and go from there. But yeah. Um, okay, well, speaking of, of uh, groups of white people picking things, let's move on to the Oscars. <laughs> nice transition. I appreciate it <laughs> very much. <laughs> so that's what the oscars is it, right that's like a bunch of it, old white people I, picking shit i think so maybe it's not yes it, no i mean they're so here's the thing they're at least are now they're again what's the what's what's the nominations that they that they have for the most part i'm excited right and i hope to god that like the people who I want to win win, and they they have been doing better of like nominating diverse, more diverse uh, segments and stuff. So I just want to name a couple, a couple nominations that I'm super excited for. And to start off, um, just in general, everything everywhere all at once got eleven nominations, and wow. I wanted to win eleven out of eleven of everything that that it got nominated for. Um, though my heart is torn for the best act for the supporting actress because 
we have um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie. She- uh, I think of Hugh. Yeah, Stephanie Hugh, who plays the daughter. They're both nominated for the Best Supporting Actress, and I want them both to win because they were both fantastic in this film. Uh, the film also got nominated for Best Picture. So I really wanted to win, as well as the Daniels got nominated for Best Directing. So those are a couple of things that I hope will will take it. Of course, Avatar, Way of the Water got nominated for Best Picture. Elvis also Wait, did. Wait, I want to. This, like is, this is this is weird though. I don't believe this. <laughs> they nominated Avatar and Top Gun for Best Picture. Yeah. I do not believe yeah. that either of those movies have a snowball's chance. Of winning, I mean, not that I'm saying they're bad movies. I think Avatar was supremely me- mediocre. It was a fine movie, right? But like, there's no way they intend to pick those movies. They put them up there to try to prove to people like we can pick like popular movies too, right? Like that's why those are there. They're like the the token popular movies. You would think so, but there's no, no way they picked Top Gun, um, Andy. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Did you, They're gonna pick Top Gun over you, Tar. Maybe. <laughs> um, I would. I want to see Tar actually. Uh, I mean, I say I haven't seen Tar, but it's like Tar is like the classic. Like that's what the Academy is looking for. Like the only other thing they would pick is like some kind of like movie about you know 1940s Hollywood, right? They they love that shit or World War Two, something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's the thing, right? Like, one, it's Tom Cruise, right? It's Tom Cruise, and my issue is that it, and this is where, yes, I think it's like because it's a. I hate to say it, it's like it sounds racist, but yeah, I think it's you know the the, the white, you know, it is probably white people who enjoy Top Gun who loved the nostalgia from the 80s and I I need to see it because one I heard it was decent and it was fun but I you know but it because it's like an old you know it's a remastered like a you know revisit to nostalgia movie because everyone loves that drug right now uh yeah they're just gonna get nominated for that as you know and then Way of the Water Avatar it did win uh best picture uh so avatar won oh no 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 it got nominated for best picture sorry oh, it got nominated see, but there's... didn't win yeah did so you see it, either so... you didn't see avatar either did you you did not go see it yet i bet no no i haven't seen... no wait no. well i saw the first avatar but i have not seen but the way of water wait the no. one are you gonna see them now because they've been nominated for oscars no 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 i don't i don't need to see it um I don't know. I hate like not not anything against James Cameron. I just you know it's just not it's not for me, and I feel terrible because I mean, everyone's like you know like I I don't I don't I don't think you should. I mean like I like I said I think I think the reason that it's so popular is because like it's a really it's a really above average story that looks really nice. It, that's it's, it's, it's not why do you want to see it? It's it's not offensive yeah. in any way at all. So like a wide group of people can go watch and enjoy it, right? Like, there's nothing about yes. it you could say that, like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Like, you can be so mad about dumb stuff, right? Like, like now people have a tendency of getting so mad about dumb shit, um, but there's nothing in there that you can get mad about. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's why that's probably why it's so popular because, like you said, it's safe. But I don't know. Like the only reason, why, and again, I feel like an asshole because everyone else is watching it and they're like, "Hey, Andy, aren't you like? Don't you like? Don't you love movies and stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah." It's like, "Then why don't you go see Avatar?" Because I'm like, "Cause I don't really want to." Uh, you know, I was having that discussion with my cousin that like I talked that you know I haven't seen in a while, and it was kind of funny discussing that with them. Uh, but I mean, it's just you know, I, the only reason why I would want to see it is because I want to see how visually, how how it looks visually, you know, because I hear it's visually stunning, which I believe because if it's one thing that James Cameron does, he likes to to freaking push that threshold of like technology and what he can what he can do with film because the guy has fucking money, you know, and is able to invest in everything, and the guy and and the guy's already made all his money back from from what this movie was cost, so. Yeah, it just cracked two billion. Yep, yep, it just cracked a billion, and I might still keep going, uh, just because again, like, he played it smart, and that just this, you know, James Cameron's just very lucky, very and very successful. Now he's had the three highest, you know, highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, from the first second, from the first Avatar to Titanic and everything. So, not to say that this guy is not talented, because clearly it shows. So there it is there is that. Um but yeah, so who knows if that will win. It might because it's the safest, but again, if you have something as unique and as creative as, you know, everything everywhere all at once, my my vote is for that. Uh for best picture and stuff like that. So um we'll we'll see. I just really want them to take a lot of you know the awards for you know, like like um, Michelle Yeoh for best actress, uh, Q, uh, Kim Hugh Yeoh, you know I can't pronounce his name, but him for for best supporting actor, because he did win the Golden Globe award, which is he gave a fantastic speech, but we also have uh, things nominated you know from directors like Steven Spielberg, and of course he's he's film royalty, so he has he might have a really good chance of like. Of uh, winning, so for best director and stuff, because uh, his movie is also nominated for, for I think best film, which is The Feebleman, I think is the one. And so, no, I'm wrong about that. It's not that one, but he is he is nominated for best director. But yeah, I'm gonna try to knock out as much as I can, just for at least for at least best pictures and actors. But we'll see how far I get. I'm not gonna. I used to try really, really hard, then it got stressful, so it wasn't fun, but I'm just going to try to make time to watch some of these until, like, the end of, I think it's going to be end of March, I think is when we'll have the, the Oscars come up, so I got a little bit of time. So, yeah. That's that's my spiel for the Oscars, and I'll probably keep talking about it as we get closer, hopefully, if I've seen anything. So, there you go, Oscar news for you. Let's get into uh, what's it called, The Last of Us, because I'm super excited for this. Yeah, this one I think is interesting too, because actually I'm very. I think we have two different perspectives because as you have played both games, I have I played like 30 minutes of the first game, and then I I don't know why I stopped, but I did. Um, so I think it seems like the the TV show generally has been appealing a little differently to people who have both played the show and then people who have not. Sorry, people who've played the game and people who have not played the game. I think there's a different level of appeal between the two groups, which is kind of interesting. I'm also not surprised either. 
Right, and I, which is the reason why I'm excited to to talk to you about it because you have again since you have not played either of the games, I feel like I'm going to be interested in your perspective because like you said, I've I enjoyed both games for different reasons. Um, but the uh, the first one, the story is amazing because I'm like you know because I feel like people are a little bit I don't want to I don't know if it's the right way to put it, like tired out about the zombie stuff because we literally have like. The Walking Dead that lasted for ten years, um, and then you know Fear the Walking Dead as a spinoff and everything. So I feel like there has been some heavy zombie stuff going on. But this one's unique. I think the world building, I think like the way that they go about it is very smart. So I'm excited to to see what your take is on it. But yeah, let's talk about the first two episodes and uh, talk about like our first impressions. So I want to start with you. What like what were your first impressions about? being a non-player viewer of this game or this show so i like i I really like the first two episodes i didn't know at least though that the that um his daughter was gonna die in that first episode because i knew that much right like i knew she was gone out of the picture i knew the premise of the show so maybe there's some people who watch it and like oh crap like the daughter dies you know and that's how it you know it leads into but um so that that wasn't as surprising but the other stuff was like I didn't really know much about the game besides the fact that there's like a fungus that causes people to turn into zombies pretty much. I really like it. I think it's really, really good. It's interesting because I think it's a good sign that they're being able to adapt um, some of these video game properties much better. Although this comes from something that's already very, very cinematic. Probably yeah. one of the most cinematic video games of all time, I would presume. So it sounds like they've been just lifting directly scenes from it and stuff and just directly adopting them totally fine with me because when i watch it i'm just like this is great i mean like for me this is like game of thrones kind of like you know it's awesome sunday night um you know television you really look forward to that episode nice solid like 40 to 50 minutes the first episode was super long it's like hour and hour and 15 yep um but I, I i really liked it i really like both so I'm, I'm i'm like all in on the ride i think it's super awesome and Pedro Pascal is awesome. He's now, I think, officially, <laughs> he has no children, I think, in real life. But now I think he's, like, got to be officially, by the time this runs through, he's going to be, like, the world, like, the TV, the, like, the TV dad of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's been some jokes. Like, he's, you know, he's now considered Daddy Pascal, uh, which I, I approve. Um, we have him as Mandalorian, you know, the dad of baby Grogu. And then we have now the... Um, we have him now in The Last of Us, uh, which I think is, I think he was just a perfect, perfect pick for, for you know, for a, for the adaptation of Joel. So I'm super, uh, super excited. And then Bella Ramsey is just also like very on point with how I would want to picture a live action Ellie. So I'm, a, I'm very, so I've been super impressed with the first two episodes. And they're, is it they really as have, similar to the game? No, they have exactly very similar like this is the first time from like that i've seen from a, from a television standpoint or like anything create adapted to, to television or film this has one been one of the best adaptations that i've seen from like respecting the source and just like not having to really make changes that are gonna like make it different at all just adding changes to make it improve and and further give it that substance right because like now we're yeah. getting these first, you know, we're getting some some background of like where the fungus came from, how it started, everything. When that was not things. in the game, right? And that, that was, was not. I imagine those opening scenes are not in the game. 
No. And that's and that's that was kind of like why I would I why I did appreciate these first two episodes because I like that they give us like you know what led to what because in the game you know you're just you're thrown in the situation you know you you're like okay now there's a fungus that spread which again this fungus like the you know they did their homework where like this fungus is, is an actual thing with ants and everything so it got inspired from something that's real and just the fact that like. They did it very smart, very smart. Like, for example, like in the first episode, they they made it a point to, you know, from where it came from, right? Which was from flour. And you didn't really notice that until they saw you in the second episode. But it was just very smart when they show you that, like, oh, there's no pancake mix. Oh, there's, you know, I'm not going to have the biscuits. Oh, I'm not going to eat, you know, the cookies because they have raisins in them. Right? So, little so do things they know? Because I, I think I missed this. So they all know that it comes from bread. Like, the mold is growing in bread. They they didn't I think they didn't they just you know it's just so they, I think Joel and all them so got Joel, very lucky at the at the end of episode two he still doesn't know this because Ellie was eating bread I guess and that's also a sign that she's immune right I don't know the bread there currently I don't know if the current bread has the mold right but because I don't know how they redid it but like I don't know. Again, yeah, I don't don't know exactly. Okay. Maybe, maybe I I mean I didn't I forgot that she was eating a sandwich in the sec, in that second episode, but yeah, I think because they finally discovered that it came from flour, you see that Joel and and Tess were eating like jerky and stuff like that, um, and not nothing like that. But yeah, but and they they just do so well to like make it so intense. Like when in the second episode, when they show you that it came from the flour and that whole thing. The, the, the that scene like was the, the you know the I forgot what what her position was but like you know that important like you know representative lady like or scientist or whatever like that saw the fungus and and all that she's like like how do we handle this she's like just we have to bomb everything wherever this went we have to bomb those areas you know what I I, I kind of take a little you know I, as a scientist Andy I'm gonna get a little deep on this I I think that was stupid <laughs> that was totally ridiculous we have antifungal agents. Like antifungal agents are real drugs. We have them. People get very deadly fungus infections. Sometimes, like cancer patients, often, right? They have very suppressed immune systems from the drugs they take. They're very susceptible to lung infections, specifically fungal lung infections like Aspergillus. And we have antifungals that effectively do kill those things in certain scenarios. Some some are more resistant than others. But when I see this lady, she's like, "No, you can't do anything." I was like, "What the fuck?" Like. Yes, you can. You can try. Like we have already agents right now that can that are antifungal agents. So like I thought that was really weird, and I I was just surprised that like that was the decision they made because I mean they they were pretty thoughtful about the other stuff. Like I thought the climate change thing was cool, where he you know the first doctor in the 40s or whatever or 50s and was like you know if the temperature changed and then the fungus had reason to want to live in other environments, maybe it would be hazardous. And that was interesting. Yep. It's a little bit of foreshadowing. It's, it's a little social commentary. And it's like, oh, that's smart. But then they have this lady who this one lady, by the way, she just studies fungus. It doesn't mean she develops drugs either. But like I also work in drug development, so I find it frustrating. Like if I want someone to make me drugs, <laughs> like I'm not going to a university. That's for fuck sure. Like I'm going to the drug companies and I'm going to like the small biotechnology companies. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to Moderna, like if I need a fucking vaccine, like I'm not going to a university necessarily like they have a different skill set in terms of understanding 
lots of the complex biology, but they're not always the first people you go to for drug development, which this is just the thing because I work in this industry that right. I was just so confused. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like if you may, like you could totally try first. Like if, if someone told me like bomb the city and that's the first thing, I'd just be like, okay, let's get this fucking person out of here. Let's go find another <laughs> drug developer instead. We'll bomb the city so, later, but like, let's try to make a drug first. But what about, the, I mean, here, I guess here's my counter argument, right? Because I'm thinking something like, you know, how something spreads just like like COVID, right? That one of the things about COVID that made it scary is of how quick and contagious it would spread and everything. So my whole thing is that like if this fungus that would take over your brain, you know, and made you aggressive to like continue to spread the fungus, like you never know how fast this would rapidly, you know, spread to where like you're going to have to like you know, kill the people who are too far gone or whatever and see for people who, like, first get bit to, like, try to make the fungal, you know, antidote. Uh, I mean, that's from, from you know, a non-scientific standpoint. But that, all that really means is, like, you should be working even faster. I don't take issue with them failing, I take issue with them like not trying and assuming it was impossible. I just found that weird, yeah. especially because of it's this is after COVID. And obviously <laughs> COVID was not a fucking infectious disease that turns people into zombies. But look what humans did. We put billions of dollars to work and we made a vaccine that was effective in record time. So I, I don't know. I feel like that's a little I don't know. It's It's very, very minor. Yeah. Because they could have just changed it and be like, oh, we failed and it'd be fine. But I noticed it. And I, I feel like lots, I would assume lots of other people would notice it too, be just because of COVID too. But anyway, that's well, a very minor yeah. nitpick from someone who, who works in, in around drug development. Well, look, Andrew, you tell me that we, there's, there's a fungus thing that starts to spread here and they make, you know, in two days they make a vaccine. I'm not going to trust it, you know, because it's my body, my choice. All right. <laughs> so that. I'm not gonna... That's what they should have done. <laughs> oh my god, that, conservative people would hate that though. They, but they should have all these idiots on TV. I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm not taking the vaccine, and then they're like, you know, going fucking nuts and turning into zombies. That would be hilarious. Oh god. All right. <laughs> I don't want to make it too political, but I just want to. No, I'm sure they don't. Oh my god. But no, but that's my point, right? Like that's the shit that would make it come worse and that would happen. Um, but no, like, you're right. Like, those are valid points. And I think that's an interesting take, which I appreciate it. Um, but I mean, I still appreciate the scene because like, it just the intensity of it and everything, you know, like, I'm like, shit, okay, that's, that's, it, it stresses me out in a good way. Like, we're like, oh, fuck, this is, you know, I'm there with it. And like, it's so intense and good. So I, yeah, yeah. so I'm thoroughly enjoying the 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 like the two shows i'm excited because today we're recording a sunday and i'm excited to watch it tonight and um and all that good stuff so yeah i'm i'm excited to to see where they go there are nine episodes for this season so i think this season will be the first game because they renewed it too for a second season yeah well yeah so this 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 season from the, the from the pace that they're they're moving it will be done in nine episodes um, okay. because they're also going to do. There's 12 chapters in the game or 12, like yeah, 12 chapters in the game. And they're doing like two chapters almost per se, like per episode, um, along with like giving those like background stuff with like the background of like the fungi and all that kind of deal. Um, 
and they're also going to include the 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 DS the DLC that they added uh, to the game. So the first game was Ellie and her friend, which they they have referenced her her friend who who got you know well, I won't spoil it, but yeah, and it's it's pretty much how Ellie got bit. Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean I'm ex- I'm excited because like they're Again, this has been one of the best video adaptation stuff because they're really, you know, the game already has an amazing story. So, like, let's not mess with that. Like, we're going to respect the source and keep it going. I am, though, excited for season two because I want to see how controversial it's going to get. Because, you know, and I cannot. So, I want to say maybe last, about two years ago, there was a recording where I had this whole rant on the last of us part two and i'll explain to you know if anyone ever i don't think anyone will but if anyone ever wants to go back and listen to that recording i did mention that i did not like the game because of you know a certain stuff that happened but after thinking about it like i still enjoyed the game for how the gameplay is and everything i just didn't like how it treated some of the characters but besides that it was still a fantastic game uh in addition like I just, you know, I'm I'm excited to see because it's, it's still good writing. So I'm still excited to see how this all is going to play out. Um, so yeah, at the pace it's going, at the pace that it's going, we're going to see this. Uh, the first movie, the first game is going to be the first. Uh, yeah, the first, yeah, game is going to be the first season. So yeah, we'll see. Because again, I don't know if they're planning on doing a third game or anything like that, but they left it open ended. But yeah, but anyways, any. Any other comments for The Last of Us? No, it's great. I love it. Um, HBO is continually knocking it out of the park. They're finding, you know, this is all the more reason. Like I said, I think something like Andor should be Sunday nights. They got to move. Andor season two should be Sunday nights like this because this is prime television that people get psyched about. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, no, highly recommend it. Uh, well, yeah, this is, I think, the organ. It's going to be one of the other main topics i'll be having for the next few weeks is uh, the last of us segment so i'll be looking forward to that that being said let's get into our final thing which is uh reviewing the whale uh which i am surprised that you decided to go see it andrew um but i'm happy that you did well i mean that's got brendan fraser now like i said i like brendan fraser he and you said he made his comeback with this movie i would argue he made his true comeback as the voice of robot man <laughs> in doom patrol so doom patrol let's I do, I do just you know I, yeah this is a very serious well-acted role but he has been for the last few years playing a man whose brain was uh transplanted into a robot with a really cool leather jacket also has issues yeah. with his daughter. So there's that similarity, too. Okay, fair. Fair. All right. I do I, I do love me some Doom Patrol, so I, I, will, I will accept that, okay? Um, but, okay, so let's get this started. I'll, this was directed by such a positive act, uh, director. Um, Super happy Darren guy. Aaron Austin. Yeah, Darren, Darren Oski. Yeah, how do I pronounce his last name? Darren Aronofsky. I think Aronofsky. 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 I'm like terrible with pronunciation. Don't know how I passed English in school and college and all that good stuff. But hey, here we are. Um, Yeah, so this director, he's done, like I said, really intense movies. 
such as Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, Mother, and so on. Or The Wrestler as well. Wrestler. That's my so, favorite of his, The Wrestler. The Wrestler. I need to see that because I, I do like Mickey York too. Are you so. are you in any way surprised, though, that would be my favorite movie he's made? It's about an old, washed-up wrestler. It's about a wrestler. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Legendarily like, depicted by Mickey Rourke, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But I need to see it because I hear I hear it's really good. Um, so no, not, that was going to be on my list not to watch. But he, um, yeah, he 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 decided, you know, he brought back uh, for for his you know for a new for a film that because we haven't seen Brendan Fraser do a movie in like years, right? That he finally, you know. Came back to do another movie. This is a comeback movie, not to come back television, right? Because they already won back comeback television. But, but yeah, let me. What does the synopsis say? So, here's what it's about: a reclusive, morbid, uh, morbidly, morbidly obese teacher attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Which, literally, it's not you know is uh, as simple as it is. It's a very small act crew actor, which that was interesting, you know, which that was cool and interesting. Because um, it literally takes place like in one, it literally takes place in one setting, which that was also nice uh, for the most part. And you have Brendan Fraser, we have Sadie Sink, who I freaking think she's just going to be like, she's she's going to be like blowing up further from here on out because she's just so freaking talented. Um we have Young Chow, uh, Hugh, I think that's her name, who plays Liz, the best friend, and what, and and so on. So yeah, so let's start with you, Andrew. What are your, some of your first impressions of the whale? I and I mean the movie was interesting. I don't know if I liked it. Well, I don't. I liked it. I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> that's the thing. I really don't. It was an interesting movie to watch. Um, like I said, I think really what he does a lot and maybe not all the time, but at least he shows like the very end of a sad story and, and you just know it's a sad story. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this is gonna, I mean, like you could tell what the ending of this was going to be pretty, pretty quickly. I think, um, I, I would love to know what his intention was with the movie, like what his, what he wanted to say with it. The only thing I think I, 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 I struggle a little bit with is, is like some aspects of the character were like too stereotypical because it's like it's much like the wrestler where he takes this like kind of this stereotyped version of a person who lives this who who lives in this this world that we know exists and and to be honest like a person like the wrestler probably does exist and a person like the character from the whale probably does exist but still like the fact that they're like stereotypically that person in almost every way you know, I, I I think about that, and I I don't know what to make of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do consider this film more like an art piece, also. Uh, and so again, like was that like this is very artistic, you know, and it I, I think it just it does try to be very deep, uh, you know, and it's and it comes to because again, it's it's about your interpretation of how you see, you know, somebody dealing with this kind of kind of issue, right? Like, you know, and again, we're going to be spoiling this, but yeah, some of like the background for his character, Charlie, you know, he lost his loved one and which caused him to, you know, stress eat to where he became, you know, morbidly obese. Uh, until, you know, to then later we, 
we meet uh, the Thomas, the guy who he, he's Mormon or something like that. Like he's uh, someone who will, you know. I don't know. I guess I think the, it's, like a, it's like a Mormon analog or whatever. I think it, I don't know if that was a real religion or if that was just supposed to be Mormonism. Or Jehovah's right. Witness or something like that. Jehovah's Witness. So, yeah, people, you know, people would knock on your door and talk to you about the religion and everything. So it has something to do with also the religion and then, like, connected to, like, you know, they connected it to Melissa's character, who also, you know, who was related to, you know, she was a nurse. But, you know, and we didn't know anything about her character because we thought she, we just thought she was a friend who happened to be a nurse yeah. that was helping out Charlie. That's what I do like about it a lot, actually, is that you have to piece together the relationships. It's it's done really well. Like you do have, you know, you continually learn how all of the people are connected without them telling you all at the beginning. It like I said, it reminds me a lot of um, uh, the bear. Like they don't just explicitly tell you how this family relates to one another. You have to pay attention to the conversations that they're having and then you can piece it together. So this does that well, too. And that's the, what I appreciated. Like, so when you do, when you, you know, he did, that's what I do appreciate about it. Like, how he pieced things together, right? We then, like, find out that Liz is connected to Charlie because Charlie was, you know, re, you know, was in love with, was her brother who, who, uh, who passed away, right? Who's the one who was his love, who was his love interest. And so, you know, Charlie was like, is like family to Liz because I'm like, she's a nurse, but also she's like enabling, you know, his behavior because she'll bring him food you know and not just as a normal size meal like a big ass like 12 inch sandwiches it seems like uh and everything and so yeah and i mean like sometimes you know like i did think it pointed out to like you know an addiction right to make yourself you know make yourself feel better or whatever like he was addicted to food and that's how he natively cope with like his his grieving and everything yes. so the thing that i would wonder too and this is the thing that i think maybe i'm a little i would i would question a little more yeah i mean there's i don't i don't, know, I don't understand what the path looks like for someone getting this big he probably weighs like over 400 pounds i would assume um mm-hmm. but i just gotta think he a person like this must eat something else. like did you really only have to show him eating pizza meatball sandwiches and candy I, you know, I like, I think people can get that big and also like they, they, they overeat everything. Maybe sometimes maybe they overeat fruit too. Like they look, you know, they'll eat an, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, did it really have to be yeah. the worst food only? And maybe that's a small nitpick, but I just feel like it's a little too stereotypical because I've seen people who are overweight, albeit not this overweight, but I think what I've noticed sometimes is they'll overeat everything, including the really shitty food. And actually living in Europe, people will often ask me like, dude, how do people in America get that big? Like, I just, I don't know. And I, I tell them it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's soda. It's, it's calorie, it's drinking calories. No one, I mean, it's very difficult to eat that many calories and get as big as some Americans do. Um, with processed food, you can get there, right? You know, you can get there with processed yeah. food, but it's, it's substantially easier if you're drinking the calories way easier. Okay. But okay, Andrew, you don't have to call me out, okay? I know, all right? That I don't appreciate it now that you're all European over there and I'm here eating and drinking my calories. No, I'm not calling you out, Andy. 
But you know what I mean? Like, did it really? I, I, and, and I'm not even criticizing. I mean, I think that one scene where he's like kind of trying to commit suicide through eating, like that's tough to watch. But I actually like that scene. I just wish they also showed him eating something else. I feel like some but, of them I mean, were a little much. Fair, I think yeah. I think the candy drawer part was a little much. I was like, okay, really? Like, of course, this guy has to have a fucking drawer full of candy. Yeah, I can see how where it can be like you know like excessive. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of just bought into it. But you're right. I do think that like it does come a lot of the stuff that you know from Americans becoming big and all that's because yeah, people overeat. You know. I will also and like I said, I will openly admit I don't really understand how this happens. Not that I, I like I've never seen it. Right. Like I've never seen this take place. I've never known anyone. I've never like learned about it. So like I actually don't know what type of diet leads to this so maybe i'm wrong and maybe that is the type of diet that leads to this like i said like i think someone like this in america probably does exist there's probably you know handfuls of them dozens of them hundreds i don't know but seeing it all at once it does you know i i I wonder but anyway i think that's overall i think that's minor critique to the film i would say in terms of my enjoyment right and i mean like i said there's just complete opposites of both ends right you have people who again that have this condition people who won't the opposite who are anorexic and won't eat you know for the fear of becoming you know uh obese and stuff like that but um but yeah i thought it was it was a very tough watch i'm not gonna lie um especially because i was i definitely liked charlie's character and how interesting he was right because not that i kind of like you know it's kind of kind of because i kind of like relate to his situation where like if I'm being a little transparent, where like you are very negative with yourself, right? And you just are self-destructive behavior. But when it comes to like the people you care about or outside, you are you are just do your best to be positive, right? And and this is where I'm talking about you know his relationship with his daughter uh, and everything because. I, and that's the thing I wanted to question too. I'm not going to ask you, like Sadie, Sadie Singh's character Ellie. Like, is do you think she's an actual good person, or be, will become a good person after such, you know? Because at the end of the movie, like, I'll just spoil it. Like, you know, we do, we, you know, it leaves it open ended to where like he possibly died, you know, which I think he he probably did. Um, I think he probably did. Yeah. And do you think she? like grew from that experience watching your your own dad die and like still trying to yeah. like tell you that you're amazing and that you're you know a good you're a good person and everything no this is what i, I would no. assume he wants that to be the message of the movie but what yeah. i see in the movie i'm just like wow like i get it the guy's complex he's done good and bad things that's definitely yeah. true he clearly at this moment in time has good intentions he's trying something um yeah yeah but the thing is, is like this girl was, you know, she was abandoned. Her mom was an alcoholic. Um, and then she watches her dad die in that way that I mean, like, it doesn't show you what the next 20 minutes look like. But if he dies, he collapses potentially on top of her. Um, the paramedics come, the ambulance come, they drag him away. They need multiple people to get him out of the room. They got to go through all of this stuff afterwards, like the trauma that comes from seeing him die right when you actually 
maybe could have visualized yourself having some kind of relationship, I think is more damaging, to be perfectly honest, or potentially. I don't know if it is or not. It's potentially damaging. So I think I the intention was that. to show that he had this one week where he finally tried to be a good person after fucking up someone's relationship so long. And I would I would argue he did not succeed. Because the irony, too, that I was talking about, he wants to help his daughter with money. But what he should have done a long time ago is he should have used that money to help himself so that he could yeah. be alive and have a relationship with his daughter. But I also know the story that this guy wants to tell, the director, he wants to tell the last 20 seconds of a sad story, I think. I assume is the take. Uh, yeah. And it's too late. It's one of those moments where like, hey, this is too late. Everyone's made their decisions. And I'm just showing you what the last 20 minutes looks like. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, and not, like you said, and that's the thing that I, I, I don't know. I'm curious. What, what's, what's, what's your take on whether or not, like, he salvaged any sort of relationship with her? Like, any he like maybe embed some sort of positive memory of himself on her? Like, do you think any of that would work out? I mean, so there's definitely some, like, psychological trauma that's going to, you know, happen to, you know, Ellie's character from watching your own freaking parent die in front of you, right? Literally self-destruct themselves right in front of you. But it's like, my whole thing is that if, if by nature she was a piece of shit, right? Because of how, you know, her situation was an alcoholic mom and abandoning, you know, abandonment from her dad, like, yeah, because they showed signs of, like, sociopathic uh, behavior. Just because, like, she took a picture, like, you know, she shared pictures of a dead dad, like, dead dog, show pictures of her dad and you know saying like oh if he goes to hell he'll become a grease you know he'll become a grease ball fire so like she was just very fucked up from the start you know uh so either like one or two things can happen from like that traumatic experience either that might be like you know the last things that he said to me is actually three things right the first thing that my dad said I was amazing and those were his last words and so you know that's all I wanted to hear from my dad because that's usually one of the whole things about you know like parents and children like you know sometimes you'll have guys will have mommy issues and girls will have daddy issues or whatnot or whatever whatever parent issues you may have uh and usually once there's a a fulfillment in that then like you can grow whatever so like really hearing those last words of like hey you know like you're amazing and i believe that you're amazing no matter what will will trigger that to be like i gotta be a better person though her behavior history does not show all right and again like you said this is this 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 takes place in seven days this movie so that's like you said like a snippet of like what we've seen from all these other years of him just being a neglectful piece of shit you know um or not piece of shit but like you know not not making that trying years prior to like rekindle his you know eight years or whatever um yeah well and and i think you can just say he was a piece of, he left them right like he literally did leave yeah. them so we, yeah. i think like that's whether or not yeah. he tried to come back and the mom kind of blocked him it's not super obvious how that really played out because maybe, maybe yeah. she really did block him a lot and prevent him from doing that but it did seem pretty obvious like he made the conscious decision to leave them and like yep. not be around because he found someone else. Yep. And then like the second thing is like, yeah, maybe she didn't take like maybe the daughter didn't take anything from it. Maybe she just got what she wanted, got the money, 
and will continue being a piece of shit, you know? Um, or, like, the third thing, this is what my, my friend who I want to go see, my friend Patrick said, and you mentioned it just now recently, is that maybe all of a sudden, you know, he collapsed right on top of her, and then she suffocated and died. So then, <laughs> you know, um, those are the three yeah. things that come to my mind. So... Uh, I did think it was funny that she, she wrote down in the notebook, uh, this place smells. Because I remember thinking that. I was like, if this guy, like, if whoever never leaves their house and, like, they can't clean so well, like, I'm sure that place smelled quite strange. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it probably smelled like rotten food and stuff. But then again, like, I don't know how much, you know, her, you know, his friend Liz came and, and, like, cleaned or helped him or whatever. But it's like, yeah, like you might have a hard time. I, here's where it comes to where I don't know if it's too much information, but like, like it, it would it be hard for him to like freaking like all the sweat, wiping your ass, all that kind of crap. How difficult would that be being that big? Him going you know? to the bathroom would be incredible. They showed him going to the bathroom way too quickly, by the way. Like these are the things that I also thought about. Like I feel like th- I think ultimately the thing that I have trouble with is I feel like they didn't talk to anyone who is this big and it feels inauthentic to me. Maybe he did and maybe I'm just totally wrong. And like, this is the path that someone could take to get there. And this does look real. Um, but actually the thing that you mentioned is like, you talked about like someone, oh, maybe like the, oh, people have other problems like with like, you know, bulimia or, or like um, anorexia. I have dealt with some of those people in my life and the way that they depicted on television, I was thinking just now is, it's, it didn't look like what I saw. It looked like it's the assumption of someone who's never spoken to the people who have these issues and they just kind of assume this is what I would think it looks like, this is what it's gonna be. And when I watch this, that's kind of what I get. I get the feeling is like, I've never seen this or I've never dealt with it. I kind of assume this is what it would look like, here it is. Cause I've also dealt with like, not a person this big, but I've dealt with like family members who are really sick and old and they need to go to the bathroom and they're really frail and it's difficult. And that is not, it's not just like, hey, I'll be back in a minute. I just, you know, like they need help. You know, it's 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 a difficult scenario. And like, maybe that's not what you want the movie to be about. Although like the movie is kind of, kind of is about that. And they intentionally put that scene in there with him going to the bathroom and saying, I don't need help. I don't. I don't think for a second that's what that would look like. He would. He, he would need help. He would have been in there for much longer. Something else would have happened. So I think that's. I think that's really what bothers me. It, you know, to me, when I watch it, it feels like he didn't talk to anyone who's gone through this. Family members who've experienced their loved ones go through this, or just like people directly who've gone through this. True, and that you know, like. And again, this is this is one of the one of the things about filmmaking, where either one you gotta really do your homework, or just you gotta just omit some stuff and just be like, well, you know, you you think about how someone would go to the bathroom, right, and leave it open ended to you, like you know, like maybe like you know, if we didn't show you the bathroom scene, you would already just imagine, oh, he probably like has trouble going to the bathroom you can just only yeah, you just, just imagine you know, leave, leave it up to assumption right you don't need to like you know you let the audience you know just let them because you know you don't ever want to make your audience you want to believe that your audience is not dumb you know and they can assume what common sense you know of all that kind of stuff is but then again you only have like an hour 45 to two hours to to give this presentation the story 
Um, yeah. So you want to try to pack so in that, as, well, as much as well to make sense. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's where really the movie shines. I mean, I think the best part of the more interesting part of the movie is just the fact that like you're like, OK, this guy's made a crap ton of mistakes and he's trying to like make up for some part of it in a week. And that's very difficult. And you kind of wonder, did he do it or not? And I think that's much more interesting than just right. the other stuff. Yeah, this reminded me of um I only watched like maybe maybe like two episodes of this and that was like way more than I needed to watch, but um there's a show on I think it's like A and E or whatever, uh called My Six or no Life. I forgot what channel, but it was like I was in New York and it was like the last night and I couldn't sleep, it was like four in the morning and I was watching my six hundred pound life. And that that shit was was hard to watch and intense because like you know these, they follow people who you know cannot who have who struggle with like, eating disorder yeah yeah and get out of bed and everything and have these conditions and like they talk to like their loved ones you know and be like so you know why do you continue you know enabling this behavior because there isn't there's always an enabler in this, in like the relationship for some reason um, I think you know and it's usually the partner because like oh well, i want my partner to always like you know love me and i want to be there for them and this is how i you know this is the only thing that they ask of me so i want to make sure like you know they'll get mad if i don't you know like give them food or give them enough food and everything so uh yeah i mean i i, 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 I at my gym there was a guy who was a firefighter in California, and he told me a couple stories where, like, once, I mean, it actually wasn't uncommon. One of the calls that they would get is, like, a really, really overweight person would fall in the shower and, like, get stuck. And that person would call the fire department, and the fire department would come try to get them out. And they said, it, so not only is it difficult to get someone because they're heavy, but they'd be like, now, and he was telling us, he's like, it's really hard because the person's actually, like, wet, and sometimes they're still soapy. So, like, they're trying to pull a person who's, like, 400 pounds who's like slipped and gotten stuck somewhere and they're like wet they're soapy the person's wildly embarrassed because they're naked they're overweight yep. like and the fire department had to come get you out of this situation and like they even told me once when they they had to move someone somewhere they found a sandwich underneath one of the folds of his skin they found a whole sandwich there damn I know, right? Like it's so like this kind of stuff is crazy and it really happens. This kind of stuff like like there's a lot of not a lot. I don't know how many. There's there's probably I would imagine there's probably a couple thousand people in America who are yeah, over there's cases 400 pounds or something. But you know, shoot. Like I get it and like I don't I mean and again coming from like, you know, from like you know, like just kind of analyzing behavior and everything. It's just it's interesting to see where this This is kind of why I, I was into psychology because like I like to see where does this behavior come from, right? Recognizing my own behavior and how like let's say like I'll still fuck up, it, but you know, and not make the better choice. It's like oh, I'm like oh man, I don't want to like cook tonight, so I'll order out, right? When I should just be like, no, just meal prep or whatever and make excuses. I don't know, but it's interesting the how this happens, but. It, you know, again, this is the point of the movie. It makes you think, and you know, it creates conversation and everything. And it was just, it was just something, some, something interesting to watch. Um, yeah, and it, and it but, was legitimately very well acted. Like, let's say, like Brendan Fraser did yeah. a really well, good job. Like, he was an inc- he incredibly acted this role. 
So yeah, exactly. All and all in all, I just want Brendan Fraser to like get his freaking Oscar for this performance because that just freaking was amazing. His performance in, in this in this film. So I'm just hoping he and let's be gets let's be real. He deserved. He really should have gotten the Oscar for his epic depiction of Tarzan. Oh wait, no, George of the no, Jungle. Was, was it Tarzan or George, George of the Jungle? Jungle? George of the Jungle. Fuck. Okay, he should have gotten an Oscar for George of the Jungle, Andy. You know, when you're right, you're right. That is a classic. But hey, you know what? When you come back, I think in the Carnies, he ended up getting like an eight, like he got a standing ovation for this performance. So, yeah, well, uh, well, we'll I, I made a joke too on the way to go see it. I was like, "Man, I'm really glad they didn't cast Christian Bale in this role because he would have gained all the weight and not even used oh any prosthetics." Oh my god! <laughs> Method acting at the you know Christian Bale would have taken god, this way would, too seriously. I uh, he's a method actor, and I just that, that would have scared me. I, was, I mean, that's why you hire someone like Brendan Fraser, who's already you know. And the thing is, the, the dude's tall. So you can only imagine how much they actually had to put on him to make him, you know, the prosthetics and everything to make him look like that. So it was, it was crazy. Um, but man, but yeah. Any, any final thoughts or any last things about, about the whale? No, it's an interesting movie. I think that that's what I can say confidently about it. It is a, is a very interesting movie. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, I would recommend it. Check it out. It is a hard watch because of like you know, but that's usually how this director likes to make. Yeah, it I movies. think I think anyone going into this who knows the director and knows his, they 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 know what they're walking into. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, well, uh, surprisingly, I feel like this is the first episode that we have not mentioned anything superhero wise. <laughs> You just want to quickly mention that Kang is coming and that then. Okay, we got like two weeks and then we have. Yeah, I'm excited. Anyways, yeah. Ant-Man will happen in about two weeks. So we'll have that in our talk. Speaking of which, I was telling I was telling some of my my colleagues at work about about Ant-Man because I was telling them I was really excited to see MODOK because MODOK is in it because she she knows I have a MODOK T-shirt and she's like, what the fuck is this weird thing? And I was like, oh, Modoc's gonna be in this new Ant-Man movie. And she's like, Ant-Man. She's like, who is Ant-Man? And I was like, did you not see Infinity War or like any of those things? And she's like, no. And I was like, Ant-Man is Paul Rudd, and he's like a cool hero. And she's like, it sounds like a dumb hero. And I and then I explained that scene where like uh, they ask for Thor's autograph in a picture, and then like they don't know who Ant-Man is. Yeah. So I explained that yep, scene, yep. and I was like, this is we're doing that scene right now. Like, you don't think Ant-Man is cool, but you know, he's a really important guy. Oh, is it Ant-Man when they go talk to Paul? Go talk to not Thor, uh, to uh, Hulk, Bruce, Hulk, right? Yeah, and those kids ask for okay. his autograph, and he's like, "You want a picture with me too?" And they're shaking his head, and he's like, "Fine." He's like, "I'm Ant-Man." I gotta rewatch that movie. It's so good. It's a great but, movie. Uh, it's just like also, dude. I love the scene in <laughs> She-Hulk where he says, "I'm Daredevil," like super serious. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so excited for for the lineup that we have coming up. And, um, yeah, so obviously down, coming down the road, we're uh, going to talk about Ant-Man stuff. And you know what we haven't done, though, Andrew, that maybe we should do next, for next episode is maybe because it's still, you know, the first month or so, we haven't done our favorite movies from, from 2022. So 
I don't know if we'll do yeah. that, but something to keep in mind. But uh, yeah, any final things? Nope. I think that's it. All right. Well, until next time, this has been I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy. And I'm Andrew. See you guys next time.